0: All right, we're back. <laughs> but, uh, so, we're going to talk now practically about how the small group as a whole can own these identities of uh, disciples who are a family of missionary servants. So, the way we define our groups is uh, if you put the word small group in there, then we say Mr. community, is a family of missionary servants sent to make disciples who make disciples. ...among a particular group of people. And that last little phrase is where we're going right now. So a family of missionary servants, or you could say servant missionaries... ...if you want to keep that order, it just seems to roll off. Family of missionary servants sent to make disciples... ...to make disciples among a particular group of people. I want to read a couple of verses here just to kind of seek up how this fits again in the story. In the mission, Jeremiah 29, 7, the people of Israel have been taken into exile... And instead of God telling them, hey, you just need to, like, ignore the setting you're in, the city you're in, he says, seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. So, was that just Old Testament Israel? 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. New Testament to the church. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. So you see that connection? Peter's saying, To abstain from the passions of the flesh, which war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. And then here we're back to Habakkuk, where we started. And glorify God on the day of visitation. So you see this, the New Testament church is sort of in that same exile situation as even Old Testament Israel to a certain degree. And yet we're called to, to live honorable lives in the places that we find ourselves so that people can see our good deeds, right? So we're going to talk about we need to proclaim and declare the gospel, but also it's not just that we show, share a good gospel, it's that we share our lives, and we, not just we share the gospel, but that we show the gospel so that people will glorify God, so only they'll come to know God is calling them. And so what what this looks like for us, and this is where for your small groups this could take a really practical twist, is that what a a missional small group needs is a clearly defined common mission. Uh, One way to think about this is, and this is what we do, and we have resources for this that can help you think of this, is we like to call the The vision of our church is the short-term mission trip that never
1: ends.
0: (laughs) So that's kind of the goal. Uh, We will go through a series of questions. Let's say that we were the small group right here. And I was to say, okay, let's imagine that we all just moved to India. And we wanted to reach India. I think we would say, that's a little too broad a target. Right, reach India. We're going to have to say we need to start in one particular place among one particular people group. In missiology right? mission strategist uh, people groups are not the whole country or the whole continent even, right? There's certain groups of people that share language, share culture, uh, share story. And so we want to embed ourselves in that culture, and we want to seek to see them reached. And so we will do this sort of experiment. And again, this is fun to do as a group. And you just ask the question: If we went to, let's say, Italy, and we wanted to reach the people who were a part of the art community there, I don't know if there's the art community or right there. There may be. I've got an awesome downtown. But what what would it look like? So, Josh, just so you hear, this is what you're asking. The for a small group to take on this missional identity as a whole is they need to have a clearly defined common mission. So we're talking about just as if you were to move overseas this was our, we would say we're going to take a people group and that's going to be our people group. We're not just going to say we're going to reach all of India or all of Italy. It's too big broad, in a rush. Uh,
1: we're going to say zero in. This is the people that we're going to do this. And so not just the church as a whole but each individual smaller. Each individual yes. group, yes.
0: And that's where this This changes, right, and tweaks, because normally, like, we have small groups, and then the whole church says we're going to help foster families. We have small groups, and we say the whole church is going to help single moms. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying this is a different way to go about it. This way, though, you have this group of people, though, who can actually enmesh their, their lives as a family of missionary servants together. So you'll find that when you live on mission together, your community grows stronger. And if you've ever been on a short-term mission trip, half the time this is what happens. is You're really excited, you can't wait to go, and you go and you start serving, and then by about the third day, you're tired, everybody's getting on your nerves, <laughs> you, you, need, you haven't slept any, you're miserable, but then you're stuck there with them, right? And you push through, and then something happens about that fourth or fifth day, and then you're like, before you know it, you're all crying saying, friends are friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like,
1: oh, I do, I.
0: And then you go home and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I don't know what we did, but God changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we, if we if we go after the mission that God has called us to, we find ourselves getting the community that he wants to form in us, if it's rooted in that gospel though. That's the key. That's why we had to take so long on that. Because if you don't have these gospel identities, then you might just say, no, this is just bad. <laughs> but I want to go on. So can I? Yes, go ahead. I want to ask. Yes. Yeah.
2: I want to make sure that I heard what you he think. Yes. And you uh-huh. He said about the church or individual groups. Uh-huh. But to me, the vision can be one for every small group, but we won't all look the same. You still, every small group wants to reach. What was yours again? What was your vision or mission? Uh, you, you said you had a, a clearly defined mission. Clearly defined common mission. And it, what was it to what? You, at your church.
0: Oh, well, each of, the, each of the missional communities have one. I didn't say. So I, I thought you, you, you gave an example. example. You gave yeah. an example. Yeah, so like one could be foster families. Okay. That's an example. So,
2: but the, the mission is the Great Commission. Yes. So what you're saying is every small group might look different at how they reach the mission. Mm-hmm. But we need to all have some kind of clearly defined way we're concerned. Is that what you said? Well,
0: they need to have a clearly defined people group. So again, the definition I was given is a, a, a missional small group. What we call missional communities. is a family of missionary servants sent to make disciples who make disciples. So there's the mission. Everyone are the same up I to mean, this point. Until the last little fill in the blank among a particular people group. And that's what gives the whole, okay, we're gonna own this. And so, like in Parable, we when I left, we had ten missional communities. One missional community was two foster families. So we call people to join, not because, well, I like this person, or wow, well, we're all young families, or wow, well, we're this. It's like, no, it's like is God has God given you a heart to read? to see foster families come to know Jesus and be loved on. And so all the ones who have that passion, they're living as a family of missionary servants sent to make disciples who make disciples among the foster families of Green County. And that doesn't mean that they're always with those foster families. It just means they're always, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that's who they're going to seek treats to together. There's another group who uh, on the east side of town, on the bad side of town, across the tracks, there's a labor park, skate park, basketball goals, gym, the big playground. That's their people group. Because they know there's a lot of the same regular people coming there. So they're like, we're going to figure out how to reach them. There's uh, one was downtown. I led that one for a season. So, Paragol's downtown is not very big, and it's not as nice as El Dorado by far. Y'all really have an awesome downtown area, in my opinion. But it's like, we're going to reach downtown. And so I can tell you more about what that looked like, but it's like, that's where, and we'll we're talk about that in a second. There's another one, uh, a nursing home. It was crazy. I didn't get to share this story this morning, it was already too long-winded on the top of all that. But my buddy, who's like, this rough-looking guy. Our church isn't doing anything to reach senior adults because our church is fairly young. And so they just got it in their heart and we raised them up and equipped them to lead a missional community that serves and loves a nursing home. And so that's where they're like, that's where our energy is going to go towards loving on the, the people who are there, the staff, and their families. And there's been some awesome stories to hopefully I can show them in a second. Uh, but... Uh, Youth sports, all right, we're always getting on everybody for being at the ball field too much, right? It's like, what if we just got some of these families and said, make that team your mission field? You know, so if you're going to be out there all the time. Instead of just making you feel bad about it, <laughs> let's, <laughs> equip you to, let's equip you to reach those players. And I don't, you still, I still think ball can be idolatry, so don't get me wrong for those of you who, like that, but I'm just saying there. are <laughs> <laughs> You can't have those missional communities and cuss out their fire Yeah, yeah. And, and what they do again, we'll get this man minute, man man. is they're just like, they make it the most <laughs> awesome team to be on ever Even people that don't have kids on the team they're out there bringing all the juice boxes and all that and then of course people are like why are these people doing this? Well let us tell you and uh, as we say we always want to be doing every, things that demand the gospel explanation. And, uh, and so there, I, I can name I can name others, but uh, so you need you need to choose a, a people group because you are missionaries, right? Back on these identities. So we're going to choose a people group. You don't have to do this, but just this would be what I would propose if you want to consider this. And again, you need to realize that not everybody's going to love it, and you're going to have to be a leader. So you. Get with those one or two other families who you know that got your back, and you just saved the group, I, or you try to get as much consensus as you can? You just got to be realistic, right? It'll be two years from now, and you'll we'll still be trying to figure it out if you wait till everybody's, you know, like, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, just, it's never happened, that I know of. It's like, this is who God is calling us to. God has given me and my life a passion for single moms or a passion for this high school. And we want to ask if you guys would join us in helping make Jesus known there. And most of them will be like, well, oh, we aren't doing it anywhere else. right?" So, you know, <laughs> even if we're not super involved, go for it. We'll look it. Go ahead. So so we have, like, sign-ups at the moment right now um, for smarters and it's always listed by who the leader is Yeah. want be on. Do you have something similar or you just have maybe mission instead of leader? Well, I guess it would be both and, but yeah, every Michigan community, we lead with what the mission is. but so people know who the leaders are, so it would be like missionary, it would be like mission to foster families, Tim, and uh, man, I hope they don't see this, Tim and Miranda Cabinets. So, and in some groups, you know, you may have more than one, you know, you may even say both of these couples are leaders. I actually think that would be best. I've not really seen that, but it's just because we always, we, I just think there's a lot of strength when it's not like we're just looking to one person. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that just doesn't always happen. I mean, I've never experienced that. So, like, yeah, so Mission and Nursing Home, Zach and Janelle Wilson. But we try to call people to the mission because if you look, if you're always thinking that your group's going to be, like, the best social connection had in your life, right, then, again, you don't know what it's like to be a part of a real family, because it's not always <laughs> awesome, but when you're like, Jesus, I'm a disciple nature, and he's giving me a passion to reach this people, and then guess what? You, you hang in there together, and you're like, hey, I actually do kind of love that person. I might love him like a brother, but nobody else better talk about him or I'm going punch him in the throat, but I want to punch him in the and so... Here's some things that help can help you think of define that, and they're endless, right? So it could be proximity, it could be a neighborhood, it could be uh, it could be internationals, it could be hunters, it could be. See, this is the thing that's awesome about this is you might actually what you like to do might actually murder. I mean, imagine that. You know? <laughs> Uh, sometimes we think that self-denial equals like I need to pick the most thing I hate the most Uh, it will take self-denial trust me, plenty of that here's a few things that might help you if you're stuck what's just something you're passionate about and then how does that connect with a problem that's in the city so that could be even just those two could be very helpful where does my passion meet a problem like the little Baptist alliteration things where is it my calling me to conflict? So right if I if I love music and there's a bad part of the city where none of these kids would ever be able or teenagers or whatever be able to afford music lessons or do arts or whatever you know what if wow? I just realized we have three or four people in our small group who can either sing well, play music, or like to do crafty stuff. What if we figured out how to do that among those people, right? And we'll talk some more about how you think about that. Just passion being a problem. A place. So like you may have some great idea and your wife reminds you, yeah, we've got five kids, remember, and we don't even have any time for anything. So. You've got to sort of reel it back here and get realistic, right? My wife keeps me committed in reality. Or tries to. And so, what about my place in life? So I want to reach this part of the city, but we're at the ball field four nights believe. Guess what? We might need to try to do something that's connected with the ball world. Not always, right? But just a thought. Providence, where's God giving you favor? So where where is he just already like connected? Uh, that's my our current people group, we just have one missional community in our church planet right now. Ours is a a, a neighborhood that has a park in the middle of it because it helps. There's got to be some kind of opportunity for this in a second where you can actually engage the people and not just be like, "Well, it'd be a nice idea to engage these people." but I don't know any of these people, and so but we we through God's providence got connected with two nonprofits that were working in that neighborhood. And we just shared our vision. And they were like, man, we would love to have you guys as a presence in there. And I'm just like, you know, we're, we're about making disciples. You know, it's not like we've got a lot of money. We can't give out food or anything. To go They're like, oh, that's fine. We do all that. We just need people coming there and build relationships. Like, that's what we want to do. <laughs> and so that's what we're doing. We have a passion for broken people. It's a very broken neighborhood. And then God's providence sort of did that, and so, and then people, you gotta know your group, so right, I'm saying you need to lead, and not be apologetic about leading, but at the same time, you know, you need to have some common sense, right, you don't want to walk in there and say, here's an idea, I know you're all going to hate it, that's not leadership, that's <laughs> stupidity, right, and so, you think, does that, does that make any sense, what, what are maybe some potential people groups in El Dorado?
1: First responders, we've Josh's, it's just that many times. Yeah, we talked about that in
0: Perigle, too.
1: What is there's four fire station, four people at all the time, and there's always eight cops working at one time. So, yeah, what are some other that's a great one? You got a lot of popping, a lot of roving. There's 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 half of the city. The, uh, we already have, have gotten a good relationship with a couple of schools through mentoring uh-huh. at-risk youth. There's some things I think some small groups could do in that in that wing, as well as I think fostering. Uh, we have lots of our people that are involved with the call and and, and fostering that could reach out to that group as well. Uh, this is another problem. For example, some of our, I said that some of our people some of our small like our small group six families and they're all involved in one way or another. I mean and some of them are just tapped out. Mm-hmm. I mean Douglas and Jennifer started uh, a foster home here in Hell Yeah. There's you know, like you know and so I know I know four of those families are involved in the mentoring so they're already doing some struggle with that because sometimes it's it's a burden, like you were saying, it's a burden on some of our people that are kind of exhausted, but we know we need to get together
0: vision was an adjustment. So let's say that we declared that we wanted to be foster families or whatever, and they're endless. And like, like Josh is saying here, this has almost broken my heart. I and mean, I'm not saying this out of any sense of arrogance or whatever, but one of the things that I did as a church planner is I'm trying to meet with all the various nonprofits and different leaders in the city that know what's going on so that I can get a vision for like these are the needs. This is where we need to saturate, focus on gospel saturation so that we're not just reinventing the wheel. Because we're not trying to be a competition with other churches. And most of these places where there's the brokenness, they're like, we don't have, we don't know where we can send these people. And I'm like, what? There's a church on every corner. And the international headquarters for the Church of God is in Cleveland, Tennessee. I mean, this is like a... You know, 70 Southern Baptist churches, who knows how many more of those, we on hundred or hundreds of churches, but they're just like, this is what they do. They go do a service project once a year, leave, and then come back the next year and do it. And it's like, there's nobody who wants to just be friends. that's what we're talking about again is what we talked about this morning is we're talking about the willingness to to not just not give handouts but maybe sometimes say I don't got anything to give you but my time you know (laughs) and it's a a, that's a paradigm shift but I'm telling you just like Josh said the people groups are endless because unless it's different here which I would probably say it's not they're going to say yeah nobody's doing that so let's go to come here every month or every week and make a connection. And so what does that look like, man? It doesn't sound like, wow, you're just overwhelming my schedule. Is uh, we, we've already been moving to Indiana in city. We talk about rhythms a lot. So we're already busy, right? And we're trying not to just keep more on our lives. So what would it look like to do what we're already doing, but do it with gospel intentionality? So... I don't want to oversell this, because we are talking about a reorientation of your life. We are talking about, this is where it gets to self-denial and self-sacrifice. But as best as we can do it, we want to try to be more intentional instead of additional. Alright, so that's that's the goal anyway. And it's not always that pretty. But the goal is to be more intentional instead of additional. So we ask ourselves, what are these rhythms of life that kind of we're already doing? There's a couple ways to do this. The first one, all that looks like a bad math question, is uh, the R stands for recreate. So all of us in here, we work, rest, and play, right? Most of our families, we do that. If you're a family with kids, sometimes you want to take your kids to a playground. So what what do we do? Our house, and again, y'all know I can't say everything, I'm Will say everything and you'll have questions still. We don't want to overlook reaching our actual neighbors, so I'll say that and then keep on. But our people group is this bad neighborhood. We live at actually two blocks from a playground, a really nice playground. A nicer playground than the one in the neighborhood <coughs> that we live in, that we're on mission to. Now, that, that neighborhood's only like three, five minutes away. But guess what? When our kids want to play on the playground, we're going to go to that playground. We were already gonna be going to the playground anyway. We're just gonna say we're going to that playground. Does
1: that make sense? You're basically you're just trying to de, de- secularize our mindset because we are all raised in secular schooling. I'm not trying to no. overanalyze this, no. but we compartmentalize everything. Yeah. And I mean, you're just saying, hey, like you said, we're we're on mission all the time, so find opportunities everywhere you can. More organic is what you're trying to say. Yes. Not that we don't have not that we don't have um, a plan, but it, it's, we're just trying to like you said rhythm but make it actually yeah. flow through yeah. our everyday Everything's
0: gonna go through these identities and rhythms. So I'm a family of missionary servants and I'm gonna live in these rhythms, recreate. So going to that playground, you know. We like to have a guy. If you, I don't know if you do that. Some men are allowed to have fun. I'm kidding. Sorry, <laughs> honey. Uh, you, know, you want to get together and play cards or, or whatever? You're going to do that. You know. Let's try to do that. But we're going to invite some of our coworkers, or we're going to. when We're at the playground, and we we'll meet these other dudes there who happen to be there. Like, hey. me. My friends hang out. You're right. Because my gang my card night with my buddies would have been less awkward than Bub over here not showed up. So I'm still, I am still, or Uncle Jerry, right? So, so I'm sacrificing, but hopefully, like I'm just now owning this identity that I have as a missionary. Try not to be as much additional, but intentional. Uh, the next one is. So work and rest play, and we didn't talk a lot about those others, but rest like the weekend, vacation, or whatever. We're family, so what if we went on vacation with somebody else in our small group? You know, that's how you live out the family identity. And the, you're just it just changes when you start thinking in terms of these identities and rhythms, you know. It's like we go float the river together. Because when you start thinking like this, everything counts. And this is a part of the detox, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about here, is especially when you're doing the church plant thing like we're doing, but even when people start to come into missional community, sometimes they'll be like, when are we going to start doing this stuff? And you just got to say, does this count? You and I are having lunch. Talking about our lives in view of the gospel. I don't know what you were expecting, but this is it, buddy. <laughs> There's not gonna be like flashing fireworks and <laughs> leprechauns dancing in the corner. But uh, all right, so and, and work, right? So we, we work together and we and towards those we're on missions. But sometimes it does take work. You're trying to reach a neighborhood and you're like, wow. Tonight, tonight, I wasn't there, but our, what our MC does is we go out during the good weather months, and we go to that park and we cook out hot dogs for the neighborhood every week. Hot dogs are cheap. Everybody bring a couple hot dogs. This would be a good segue. We've got to know Phyllis, this lady that lives across. The bottom of her house has this big, open like piece of hardy board or something, if that's even the right word. I'm ignorant about construction Where animals can get into it. So she's this widow lady. And we're just like, hey, you got somebody coming to fix that? No, I don't know anybody that can. And so tonight, That's what our guys did. No grand, awesome thing, and probably the world of statistics and mission, but we worked together. We The next one, eat. So it'd be obvious be a little brief on that because I we'll talked a little bit about it this morning. Is uh we all eat, right? I know not all of us eat 21 meals a week, but some of us do, so we'll assume that. And I know not all of us are available doing all of those, you know, because sometimes you can't, your work schedule doesn't give you a breakfast or lunch all, but your family and missionary servants, so, right, what if you said, one meal a week, I want to eat with somebody else in my small group, whether that means we have some over or just a lunch with somebody else. what if one other meal a week we say I'm going to try to have a meal with an unbeliever and you might say well I don't know any I can invite and do that well now this will get really crazy I'm going to start fasting one meal a week that God will give me a relationship with an unbeliever I'm good at fasting until lunch but (laughs) 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 you know we, we take it again you didn't add anything to your life Alright, the next one, L there, on my math equation looking thing, listen. People like to be listened to, right? You will be surprised if you just ask somebody a question. Some of us know people like to be listened to, like this, but I don't like this, right? And you'll be sitting there 45 minutes later like, oh you know. But everybody has a story. Most people, particularly people in these broken environments, don't ever have anybody who care less about hearing about them. And they're probably going to start mumbling on and babbling forever because they probably think they'll never get a chance to talk to you again, <laughs> right? Because they're used to people doing one and done with them, but they're not used to somebody showing up the second time. And so one of our part of our rhythm is listening, just talking to people. So much more could be said about that. And then celebrate is the C there. G kind of has grief too. So you start getting to know people, and you—it's their birthday. So we, one of our mission communities, <laughs> there was a food ministry that had a lot of service but didn't have a lot of the relational discipleship side. So we wanted to build relationships, and so we would go. They would serve the food boxes, and we would invite everybody to bingo night. People like bingo, yes. And we would like to have some little cheap Walmart gift cards, and so all these people that come to this food ministry and get these boxes. Which sometimes you find they're not all homeless or not working. A lot of people who work full jobs, whether it's through not being a budget or just it's hard, you know, for them because they're making you know minimum wage and have kids and they're single parent home. But they'll come play bingo, and we just play bingo with them. And Curtis, we find out he actually is a homeless guy. It's going to be his birthday next week. And so, what are we going to do? We're going to have one of the ladies in the group make him a birthday cake. And you just, it's just, you can just see it's this old homeless guy with a coonskin hat on standing there in tears because we were saying happy birthday to him and played bingo together. That had us actually playing a game together as a family. When if at home, we'd probably been all running around screaming at each other or something. And so uh, there's this rhythm. So you determine a people group. You say this is our identity. It's a family missionary servant sent to make disciples. We make disciples among blank high school or this whatever. And you're like, okay, what would it look like for us to recreate with them? What would it look like to eat with them? Some? What would it look like for us to learn their stories and share ours with them? What would it look like for us to celebrate with them? And I put the G in there because sometimes greed with them too. And uh, another, begin with prayer. I like that because it puts that in there because we do need to do that. Listen, learn stories, eat, Sabbath, and that's where they put the recreation rest and serve. So uh, what we do is we make a plan based out of that based out of our identities so we'll say for this next season in the life of our small group this is what we all agree what we're going to do to the like family together we're going to have a weekly meal say uh, we may do a study whatever it is we're going to study i don't know marriage or whatever uh we're going to try to eat one meal with somebody else in our small group outside of the of the meal time during the week. Servants, and we you just thank a lot of you. And we're going to try to bring a new person from our people group into our small group meal this next six months. And we just do that: the servant one in the missionary one. Does that make sense? And it's messy. And so this is where you got to have flexibility, right? You got to be spirit led. You got to be seasonal, because you might. You know, you want to give it time, because it takes a long time, right? talk to each other. We celebrate these missionaries who go overseas, and like, man, they've been doing that for six years before they got their first conference. Isn't that awesome? And then we give it six weeks here, <laughs> and we quit. But ain't gonna work. <laughs> right? If we're gonna own that missionary identity, we're gonna to have to say, it's going take a while. But at the same time, we're gonna have some common sense. It might be like, Wow, we're trying to focus on this neighborhood, and then God's giving Josh all this favor with all these other people over here. Or this guy's already doing these foster families. It's like, we could, like, do this right now. And so, let's be spirit-led and not just have to have it, you know, our plan. And be seasonal. You know, you might change your people group a year from now. You yeah, know, that's okay. Alright, any, any questions on that? We'll get closer to wrapping things up.
2: You know what I like about what you're saying is it's very, it's very obviously focused. It's intentional, but uh, as opposed to a lot of churches that I've I've been involved with and and, and seeing, it's uh, where they they just try to shock and approach to, okay, well, let's do something, mm-hmm. and uh, it, yeah uh, what I, this is more a statement than a question, I'm no, sorry, it's fine. but, uh, but, um, I think that, that uh, a lot of people think that if you focus just on one area, one people that, you know, you're being exclusive to, to, to the others, and that's just something that, uh, I think that's a barrier, that might be a barrier focus
0: on one people group. Uh, that's where you see the goals. Yeah, you can you can be at a regular presence. And the goal is, and this is this is sort of the last thing and yeah, I could have uh, oh yeah good question just to say real fast. You always want to be asking this question what is it, what does good news look like to them and what does good news sound like to them. So the gospel's the same and it's different. It's the same in that it's the same core message. Know that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God is bringing us forgiveness of sins and making all things new. But it's going to you're in a, in a neighborhood where there's no fathers. You're going to be sharing the gospel in view of the fatherhood of God. And so, maybe we can say so much. This is the uh, this is where it connects with what you're saying. Is you want to be planning the multiplication? So the the, the focusness that each of these groups have is what we say is we want to see one missional community, or you could say one small group, per thousand people in our city. And I say, where does that number come from? It's uh, it's not from the Bible, first of all. So you can you it? But missiologists or whatever say that's where sort of the tipping point of cultures actually being saturated and start to change. So how many? I don't know how many. People were in El Dorado, eighteen thousand. So, like you, you know, you set it Like, what, what, what could we imagine what it would look like if we had eighteen? Obviously, you could have many more than that. which would be awesome. Eighteen small groups in El Dorado who were targeting a specific people group to see it saturated with the gospel, and to imagine that. And I'm not saying why Baptist Church isn't right now, but like you would be known as like this church is, and it maybe already like this, so I'm not saying it's not, really good news to this city. Like some people would be saying, I don't believe in anything they believe, but if they weren't here, this city would be worse. And then there's going to be a lot of other people who are going to say, I want to know why they're here. I want to know why they're loving us so much. So we see this in the book of Acts, right, is that there's... Usually opposition and reception intermingly together. So, like in Acts chapter five, the apostles are getting thrown in jail at the same time. There's a lot of people who hate them. There's a lot of new people who love them. And when we begin to saturate the city, so yeah, the goal is not to limit ourselves to certain people groups, but to actually really seek to reach every people group in the city. But we've got to be a regular presence there. And the only way that I <coughs> think better ways that we can be a focused regular presence is through this sort of, you know, more, I guess the whole church would be shotgun if you think of the those as divisional <coughs> communities, that through we're gonna we're gonna claim, we're gonna put a kingdom of Christ flag down in this school, in this area. So you need to be talking about vulnerable Right. Make disciples and make disciples. So you want to find, you want to be praying to God? I'm already from day one trying to see God raise up a new leader in our group who's got a passion to go reach somebody else. I have a question. Yeah. Um, are you saying that
2: here's kind of where we kind of struggle? Uh-huh. Do, you know. Do, do we try to multiply as a group or do we have another leader? You're saying plan for multiplication. Uh-huh. It's people, right? Yeah. And so, are we? Do we start? You start a whole new group with an emphasis on another people group? Or I mean, to me, y'all you know, correct me if I'm wrong. That's kind of been a struggle, you know, with right. our small groups. So, like for instance, sometimes you get together and you start bonding, you start a relationship, and then Chuck's group has 40 people. In it, right? Uh-huh. So, what does that look like? I mean, planning for multiplication yeah. is the key, it's one key thing. If you, if you don't plan for it, it's not going to happen. If that's not your vision, yeah. it's not going to happen. But then, how do you how, flesh that
0: out? First. Okay. Planning. Well, first of all, like you said, let's, and I know you're not trying to do this, let's not underestimate just the, the power. We're going to build that right in the beginning. We're going to multiply, up. it's going to hurt. Right. But it's worth leaving my friends to see more people coming of Jesus. So this is that missionary identity, right? Is that we're, we think about telling missionaries goodbye, tears. I can't believe they're moving to Africa. I can't believe they're moving to India. But we're all missionaries here. So it might be you're just moving across the... Not even really moving. But you're not going to be living on mission with this group of people. And so we say that from the beginning. And... And so, yes, that's part of it. Fleshing that out means is we're going to let... We say that we want to grow by... Again, not to be redundant. By multiplication, not division. Okay, so we don't want to say, this group's too big, we need another group. Who's the closest one body who owns a Bible that we can get to open up their house? (laughs) Right? Because there's too many people. We want to say, I want to find a leader who has a passion to see another people group reach in this city, I'm going to pour into that guy, unapologetically, that guy, that couple. I mean, there could be something instances like that, that gal, right, she's going to go reach these, these women in this part of the city or whatever, you know what I mean? And, and so we're going to do that, and then what I'm going to do is say Chuck's the leader, is I'm going to tell everybody, been working with Chuck, God's calling him to reach people group, he's about to share his vision, Some people will leave the room, you might not have to do that, and say, Chuck, call them all to follow you. And who wants to go with Chuck to reach this part of the city? And we see who wants to go. Now, there's a little more to it, right? If Chuck's like Mr. Awesome, and I walk in, and you know everybody's sitting on that side of the room, you know, (laughs) it's like, all right, we need to talk some more because I don't have a a group smaller than anymore. So, I'm not trying to be over dramatic, but you work. But it, it's got. I think it has to be led out of the leader's passion. It's got to be like, okay, are you just going because you like Ashley? Or are you going because you love foster families? You know what I mean? And, and, and that's that's hard to work through. But you you like you're just trying to build that culture. Like we got to reach this city. We got to see Jesus be made known as the great Jesus He is. And uh, so that, that's the way we did it. And we've seen it work, but it's not been perfect in every sense. Is we, uh, we raise those leaders out, send them out and reach new people, let not call people. Does that answer your question at all, Mark? And that's very different than like a, and I'm not saying this is bad, a double your Sunday school in two years or less sort of plan of where you're just, you know, trying to manage the 80% rule or whatever. If that makes any sense. But it's also, it's also, at least to me, more energizing and telling. Because you're like, wow, again, we're back to that story. You know, so what about what about location?
1: like neighborhood, neighborhoods. we uh, it's not a particular people group, it's in the neighborhood. yeah. Matter. But you know, we've got we already in our church, we have general, we have churchwater ministries to North uh-huh. Arrow. You know, yeah. To foster families, uh-huh. school members, yeah. And you, you have groups that are just trying to reach a neighborhood? Yeah. Well, ours, ours is just trying to reach a neighborhood.
0: The only thing is, none of us live in that neighborhood. It makes it a little different. But ours could be. So, like Chuck's neighborhood will be an awesome Missional Community neighborhood. One thing that makes it awesome is they have a pool in that neighborhood.
1: I don't know. I think 50% of the people in that neighborhood go to Wyatt. We're yeah, uh, <laughs> already saturated.
0: All right. But that, you know, if might be at some of those. Well, there's
1: 132 houses in that community. Yeah. No don't want to go to church. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you're just like, all right. Ashley, or who other girls in there? You getting to know any of the moms? Do them. The moms, night out. And say to all the dads are going to watch the kids. Sorry, dads, right? Or whatever. <laughs> or we're going to have play dates together. Again, you just start thinking those rhythms. Well, what are we already doing? How can we do that with intentionality? We're going to go to the pool, and we're going to bring popsicles, right? We're going to make the pool the place to be. And, again, I know all this can get messy, but we're back to Matthew's table again, right? It, it's messy, and, and you just you just start thinking like a missionary, you know? What, is it, what does it look like? And then you start to find out needs, and then you just start to meet those needs as a group, and you become really good, it's really good news that you're in that neighborhood, and then maybe that not everybody in the missional community lives, or in the small group lives in that neighborhood, that's okay. And you might, and if, sometimes they'll be like, "Well, yeah, I just like you guys in your neighborhood, I want to help you reach it. Or if they're a leader, you're like, well, just come be here for a season and learn how to do this, and then you can go do it in your
2: neighborhood. So,
0: so I me mean, it's so
2: close to Acts in early church, guess, as you live with the We come in the name of Waia, we come in the name of this church, but we come in the name of Jesus, and we really want to love you and we really want to meet your need. And like you said, we want to do everything that makes people ask the question, why are you doing this? You know, that we can say the gospel the good news is yeah. we just want to love you because
0: Christ is loved then all those gifts start to come out. So I don't know how to do the first thing working on a house, but I don't know how to teach a Bible study. Tonight, somebody got to work on a house. <laughs> Does that make sense, what I'm saying? And now this dude, who's probably like, well, oh, I guess there's nothing for me to do as a part of the church, because he's leading the charge, and him nailing that one piece of he put up on that house for that widow who doesn't have anybody that cares for her, It's awesome. And we're going to celebrate that like it's 1999, right? Because that's what you do. You celebrate it. Wow, isn't it awesome that you're in our group and that God gave you this gift of craftsmanship. We were able to be the body of Christ because of that. And you just, all those opportunities start cropping up. You're like, I can't do that. So-and-so can't. All right, Uh, I guess we're done. I'll I'll just pray real fast. (coughs) Father, thank you so much that you came to us and you didn't just uh, give us a spot on your schedule, that you uh, amazingly and mind-blowingly humbled yourself, Jesus, to take the form of a servant and to love us even in the death of the cross. And we ask you to help us to learn and to give lots of grace to each other and In the right way, help us to be able to give ourselves lots of grace. Realize we're not going to have all this figured out tonight. That you're, you're not expecting us to. You just want us to say we're going to follow you, we're going to honestly pursue you. Help us to do that, God, and may you be honored through it. In Jesus' name.